0: All right, thanks for being here. And um, really, I appreciate you being here. I realize that by being here tonight, you are not a dozen other places doing any number of other things. So um, I don't know why you've made it a priority to be in Violet Hall on your Wednesday night, but I think that's the interesting thing about priorities, how they work, why they're necessary. You can't be doing everything, you can't be doing everything else right now And so you've chosen to be here, and we've all chosen to be in the same place tonight. So I'm really glad to be here with you all. Um, I want to share a couple photos and all that. Oh, This is such a cute photo of all of us looking so precious on a Friday afternoon with a professional photographer. So we did it. And then in normal life, things look more like this, where this is actually Halloween. Um, Like, the boys are right here. They're dressed up as Marv and Harry and Kevin from Home Alone. And (laughs) minus the costumes, this is definitely a more, like, accurate representation of everyday life, that aggression and confusion and whatever's happening. And then Reed is being my most favorite weirdo of all the weirdos there. And I can say that because I'm looking like a weirdo myself. Um, Generally just very emotional and, and enthusiastic about everything, giant pretzels or Christmas lights or Christmas, lots of feelings. And then, down here at the bottom, um, this is, we like take family trips and go to all kinds of amazing places, as if we have a clue what we are doing or where we're going. And it seems that way, probably, and we don't. And so here's a photo of not our tent, because our tent is flooded, full of water, Other tents in this site knew to put their tarp on top of the tent because there was rain coming. We put our tarp on the ground to keep the dirt from getting in our tent. So our tent's full of water. Um, That's all of our wet stuff, just all the soaking stuff in the brush there at Big Bend. And Reed has no word, actually he has lots of words, but for the photo, just only this. Um, I'm I'm in the tent that you can't see with a an actual Dixie cup, bailing water, like it's fine, it's gonna be all right, we'll get it dried out, wind will blow through, we're gonna be okay and isn't this kind of incredible anyway and Briggs is stomping around the campsite just telling me to stop it and oh. stop it, mom just cut it out with the saying everything's amazing all the time. It's not, so there's, it's one day on a vacation but that's more accurate, more like real life. Um, anyway. To talk to you uh, tonight, I want to talk about a mystery, and I just wonder if anybody loves a good mystery, anybody love mysteries, stories, movies, whatever. Um, I grew up watching mysteries with my dad, mostly, and you're not going to know any of this, I know, but Matlock and Perry Mason, (laughs) and Murder, She Wrote, sometimes. Um, And I had no idea, like, what was going on, really, um, or like, how to, what what we're going to reach a conclusion here, how we're gonna solve this. I really had no idea. Um, But I was totally hooked by the questioning, the investigating, um, and again, at 10 years old, there's not a chance that I'm like solving the mystery before Matlock lays out all the evidence in the final courtroom scene. But that was not at all what it was about for me. I I was just watching mysteries with my dad. So that's what I wanna just offer to you tonight. What we have here in Philippians is a mystery, and I cannot figure any other way of thinking about it or talking about it with you. So, like any good mystery, there's plenty for us to question and investigate, um, and that's good to do. Um, But unlike Matlock, I have no aspiration or intention of solving a mystery with you, okay? Um, So, I'm not going to be like producing any evidence or laying out anything in front of a judge or a jury. So um, I'm content and I'm inviting you, welcoming you to also just let this remain the mystery that it is, okay? Um, What we're dealing with here in this passage is a completely upside down, um, nonsensical, supernatural mess of grace. And so... um, you can give your brain a little bit of a break. You don't have to figure anything out tonight, okay? Um, Just, if you'll just listen, and actually I'll invite you if you want to, you can listen with your eyes closed, just use your ears to notice the words, um, whatever you prefer, but I'll just read it for you now. Okay, so this is Philippians 2, one through 11. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Okay, you can open your eyes if you want. And I wonder what you hear, I wonder what you notice there, I wonder if you notice of this downward movement, um, a stepping, stepping down from equality with God, stepping down into human form, stepping down to be a servant, um, stepping down into death, stepping down even into death on a cross, and then the upward movement, raised up to the highest name, raised up even to a bowing from every level of creation, raised up to glory with God the Father. So again, Just gonna remind you that I have no answers for you about this passage. Um, And that's probably some bad news because there are parts of this um, that are actually troubling for me and maybe for you too. Um, And so to be honest, um, this passage has become even more of a problem for me the more that I listen to people, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, One more note on the subject of bad news. There are actual Hebrew words here and translations of words and concordances and seminaries full of theological study on this bit of scripture. And I don't know any of those words, and I have not read any of those books. I don't know those things. So that is not what you're getting here. And I think, I hope that you know that that's not what you're getting here. Um, I don't think that's what you are wanting or looking for anyway. Um, But what I do have, just a small little story, um, about my own experience with this scripture, and that's what I'll share with you. So several years ago, Christmas time, um, we received in the mail a, like a postcard from our healthcare sharing ministry, and it was just a black and white photo of feet with these couple of verses from Philippians printed on it. And so it's just these black and white feet, and it says, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. And in the middle of my kitchen, in the middle of a big mess of other open mail and envelopes and trash, I like stand there for just a second with that postcard, just for a second. And scripture by itself is true and good and wise and wonderful. But then there are moments where scripture intersects with our life and becomes a little bit more than just wise or good or true. It becomes somehow more true or even alive. Um, And so there was a mystery in those words that did not belong like in the pile of junk mail. So I taped that postcard up to the kitchen cabinets right beside our kitchen sink. Kept it there for years, um, just kind of puzzling and puzzling at it Um, because there were several years when our boys were being born and when they were very young, that I was at home and spent a lot of time considering my rights and my limitations. And especially there in the kitchen where I felt like I found myself constantly making meals, um, rinsing bowls, cleaning up messes, washing hands. Um, And so having this verse set right there beside that work began to change my perspective and my pace and my days. And those words became more a mystery to me in that context, not more confusing, but more curious, like they had something more to say to me there. So there are noodles on the countertop, and there's mud on the floor, and there's crusty oatmeal in the sink. But Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. Okay. And then in the morning, every meaningless task is waiting to be repeated from the day before. Brothers are still fighting, and laundry's still piling up, and weeds are still growing. And Reed is probably out to lunch having cheesy fries with a student and changing the world. And Jesus, though he is in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. And you might know Brother Lawrence and approximately 800 trillion other theologians and saints and ordinary people have all discovered this um, and written about it. So this is nothing new. I'm not sure how all of them have said it, but like I said, there was a mystery in those words on the cabinet. And so if Jesus himself, in the form of God himself, can step out of that position into skin, and if Jesus could empty all the holiness of God into the body of a servant, just a man, if the holiness of heaven can come to me in that degree of limitation, then I might have underestimated the potential for holiness in all manner of things. If Jesus can choose to forego the rights of being God in order to limit himself to the form of a man, limit himself to death, limit himself to crucifixion, then it seems likely that I could recognize him in other limited, ordinary, messy, seemingly secular places. If that is true, then maybe even this could be holy, even these words on a page, even the attention that I'm gonna give to those notes for that test, even folding laundry, even making a phone call, even sitting down to a meal or standing up to clean it up. I'm bored of my major and I'm tired of school. I'm annoyed by COVID and Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. So is it possible that even this could be holy? So the mystery in the middle of these verses offers several mentions of humanity, form of a servant, born as a man, human form. So just to be clear, this is God in flesh, a mystery, one that we're not gonna try to explain here, but only this many cells, only this much blood, only these bones and this brain and these lungs, limitation. And then these verses do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. This reminds me of Keevan's message from Sunday, Matthew 16, where Jesus says, whoever wants to follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Think of others as more important. Look not only to your own needs, but to theirs instead. Consider others and their needs more significant, more important, right? Does that start to sound like have no needs? And How long do you want to do that? How long can you do that? Has anybody tried counting others more significant than yourselves? You have, I know that you have, and I have. And this is where I see that that idea, just taken at face value, um, it can become a problem for me. Because then I start asking, do you have any idea how many somebodies that means? Do you know how many worthy causes and sacrificing missionaries and clean wells and starving children and sick animals and dying forests and lonely nursing homes and needy neighbors that really actually means? How many can I actually help? How many am I supposed to help? How much can I actually do? Count others as more significant. Look to their interests. How's your heart rate? Everybody still breathing? What if it's not just either them or you, either all their needs or only yours, all or nothing? What if both you can exist and they can exist and have needs, but... You won't be able to have or do whatever you want, whenever you want. What if there really is abundance, what I need and what they need and more than enough, but I'll have to accept some limitation? And what if I'll have to do that not someday when I'm more like God and blah, 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 but right now in my very most human moment, like the present moment, and at my most human, I don't have to deny that I have needs or feelings or a family or an appetite, but I could consider limiting some of those very real, very human things. And what if the way, I know scripture uses the word deny yourself. That word, again, I I don't know. Okay, but what if it's not self-denial as we think of it? What if it is self-constraint, maybe? It's not that they get to matter and you don't. Their needs are important and yours aren't. Is it possible that these verses really have nothing to say about your value? And is it actually working to think of yourself and your time and your needs as less valuable? Like, is that actually how we're defining humility? Or are you maybe on the fast track to becoming just a burned out do-gooder who resents everyone who's not giving and doing as much as you are? And that's actually, that's where the passage starts. The very beginning of Philippians two, have you been encouraged at all? Have you been comforted? Has anyone shared affection or sympathy with you? Has anyone set aside their interests to look for yours? And of course the answer is yes. And did they do it perfectly and never fail you? No. But I think of those years cleaning up messes at home with my boys and changing diapers, and of course it means that someone has done that for each of us. At least change diapers. And can I tell you that they stink? Reed prayed that I would just tell the truth tonight. So I'm going to say into a microphone without wasting your time that diapers stink. And someone changed your diapers when you did not know how. So I'll ask again, have you ever been comforted? Have you ever been encouraged or nourished, cared for? If you've received any measure of this, then have the same mind to give it. And so in our terms here, not as parents, but students at Truman State, have you known the awkwardness and the anxiety and the loneliness of being a freshman, being new to a whole place? And maybe like, Joe, like JJ said, someone remembered your name? Then look to those interests for someone else. Maybe try remembering one person's name. Have you ever benefited from Keevan and Stephanie giving their Friday nights and their Saturday afternoons and their Sunday mornings, so to be clear, their whole weekends to welcome students and take them to Walmart and worship with them. If so, consider giving a free minute to welcome or help someone else. Your needs don't make you a unique burden. You're not a unique burden. And they don't need to be ignored or denied. We are each other's burden. So look also to the interests of others. And for you, as college students, there's a wide open expanse of possibility. The whole world is your little oyster, right? And all that possibility can feel like a lot of expectation for how you're gonna make a huge impact for the world and for the kingdom and keep your eye on this and figure that out and take in all the limitless possibilities. But I wanna say, don't be afraid of limitation There's a way to lean into it, and if Jesus could set aside all of everything, if he could descend and choose to be constrained, then don't be afraid to choose constraint. There can be actual freedom in it. And for any of you who hope to find your own favorite weirdo someday and maybe get married, hear me that there can be real freedom in constraint. There can be holiness in limitation, but there's a mystery there. And as a reminder, Christ modeled this humility how? By emptying himself into skin. Um, And in showing us how to regard others and their needs, Philippians is pointing us not to God the Father, who can be anywhere, do anything, meet any need for anyone at any time. We're being pointed to Christ, the limitation of Christ who took on being human, constraint to live within uh, limitation, and a willingness to be taken to the very edge of that fleshy boundary. Again, only this few million cells, only this one breath, only this one conversation right now, only what I can empty of myself into one moment. Not, dear God, please let there be enough of me, but oh shoot, there's never enough of me as long as I'm trying to be more than human. Instead, this right here is all that I am, all the holiness of heaven breathed into and packed into one body, and the same in your body, and the same in the human body of Christ, and the same in Christ's body, totally insignificant in proportion to all of history and creation, and yet fully holy, even just as I am, even limited as we are. This reminds me of Derek's evangelism introduction uh, to the semester. Does anybody remember what he invited us to do? Anybody? He invited us to look out for, pay attention to how many? One, just one. Mm -hmm. And it's not too late by the way. If you've not done that, did you maybe do what I did and think of a person and then add four names to that list And then remember that he asked you just to think of one person. And limitation is a problem for me. It's our problem. Um, So I do, though, have that one name written down in a journal now. And do you know what I haven't done? I have not had dinner with that person. I haven't taken a walk with that person. Um, I have not shared the truth or beauty of the gospel with that person. But what I have done, I have prayed that name to God dozens more times in the past month than in the whole past year combined. I've paid attention to their coming and going, not in a creepy way at all, but I've sent more texts to actually just check in. Limitation, that's all I've done. And with all the love and grace and hope and humility of Christ, I've done only that. It's not too late. Like I said, you are limited human and meant to be if you haven't picked a person you could pick someone now and just start in the smallest way just by noticing them i want to do just the shortest little experiment with limitation, just actually an exercise with limitation so if you would spread out like and you don't have to spread super far just far enough that you can like reach your hands out to the side but move if you need to we're all familiar with like the six feet okay So once you've got some space, there you go, okay, good, yeah, you've got it, okay, once you've got some space, I want you to notice, reach out with me, your arms to the sides, and I want you to notice from the tip of your middle finger on one hand, the very tip of your middle finger on the other hand, and then from the very top of your head all the way down to your toes, that is all of you. There is no more, only exactly that much. You can reach this far, you can affect about that much. But don't mistake that for a lack of responsibility. This is a lot to be responsible for. Okay, you can put your arms down, thanks. You can go back to your spot if you want, but if you've got your paper with you, paper and pen, I just want to ask that you would write these words down now. And if you'd write them on paper as I read them, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. So take a minute and write that down. Why write it down? Because you won't remember. (laughs) How do I know? Because limitation. And I want to just, if you want to, like I said, not solve the mystery, um, if you just want to observe it, if you just want to be curious about the mystery of what is going on here, I'm going to invite you to put that paper in a place wherever you find yourself stuck often, wherever in life you notice yourself limited. So, for example, maybe try the kitchen sink that's always full of your roommate's dishes. Or on the floor right behind the toilet where you have to get down on your knees to clean. Or maybe beside your money somehow. Or on the dashboard of your car, where you're always limited by traffic and all the people getting in the way. But follow him. Maybe descend with him. And if you empty yourself into that moment, see if you are not filled. Let the mystery show up even there. Okay. Let me pray for us. Jesus, you were, you are in the form of God, and yet did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied yourself, taking the form of a servant, being born as a man. Have mercy and help us, even limited as we are. Lead us and show us as we are lovingly created in your image, how, God, can we loosen our grasp on equality with you? How can we loosen our grip on demanding our advantage and all that we believe we are owed? by our prayers and in our lives, empty us, that all our aspirations and strivings would take the shape of service through being single-mindedly present, that your holiness would fill us from fingertip to toenail, only wholly human. Amen.